Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I am your host, Matthew Whitaker, and with me, as always, is my uh, my knife from my ex-wife, uh, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. <laughs> How you doing, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day's a holiday. How are you doing? Good. I think things are going well. I, I think those keep getting worse and worse because I don't script them. <laughs> but I feel like if I script them, they would be, like, too cheesy. I would just have, like, a really clever rhyme, and it's better to just make up some shit and, yeah. Right? Whatever you say, buddy. Okay, I, that's the, that was the right answer. Well, tonight we have a special guest. Uh, he runs the Pulp to Pixel podcast network. I think there are a number of podcasts under that. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but it's uh, Dr. G, the uh, the man of nerdology. How you doing, Dr. G? Good, good, good. Tell us a little bit about the Pulp to Pixel podcast network. All right, so I... Um... I, it's basically my network of uh, podcasts, which I uh, started with Welcome to Astro City, where I cover Kurt Busiek, Alex Ross, and Brent E. Anderson's um, superhero anthology series, Astro City. Uh, we're doing an indexing show, so it's an issue by issue. Um, we're, my next show is uh, uh, Marvel's Secret Wars and Beyond, where um, my co-host and I, uh, Dead Robin, we cover um we're covering all marvel secret wars from the first one to all the way up to the hickman run um so we're going to cover anything that like even like tie-in issues or anytime they kind of like brought the secret war name up again so we're gonna kind of look at how that impacted the whole marvel universe um and then i have a uh, another like semi-regular show uh secret sagas of the multiverse where that's pretty much our movie show so this is where we'll usually i'll get together with my friends and we'll uh we'll see the different superhero movies um and review them and uh then finally i have my super super semi-regular <laughs> um in that I'm, I'm in it's in danger of pod fading i need to get an episode out but uh dial g for gamer uh, where I'm looking at uh, superhero gaming, um, so mostly role-playing games, but because uh, I, it's like this my my niche genre of role-playing games. But even any sort of gaming outside of that, um, I'm right now kind of like prepping this thing about uh, old choose your own adventure game books too. So uh, for that that show, but other than that, that's basically it. And then I occasionally uh, guest on other podcasts, like I am going to be doing today. Oh, well, very cool. I did, uh, I, yeah, I did notice the secret uh, sagas of the multiverse, and uh, I listened into your uh, Batman versus Superman um, talk, which I thought was pretty cool. I like your intro that uh, you threw in that uh, that line from uh, with Williams from Enter the Dragon. Will you want to give it to me? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, man, you come right out of a comic book. Oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was classic. Classic. And as for me, I don't know anything about... I own five comic books total. I own Ghost Dog, and I own four Rocket Raccoon comic books. So a lot of it's lost on me, but I watched Batman vs. Superman, and um, I felt all the frustrations that most people did, you know, Bat mm-hmm. Flick, and I've never been into that Superman, and um, Wonder Woman was wonderful. But I could never figure yeah. out who, what the hell was up with the big dude that they were fighting and any of that. And I was just like, okay, I'm just moving on. <laughs> Yeah, he was basically Cave Troll from Fellowship of the Rings. Yeah, right, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I'm like, he's gray, he, he was just born, so why is he so aggressive? And, oh, fuck, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to do a quick segue here into, um, I, I keep uh, uh, here, I'm, I'm drinking um, um, straight uh, uh, bourbon this evening. Um, I'm having uh, 
uh, some Woodford Reserve, uh, but I can hear Lee's uh, glass of tinkling as always. So, Lee, I'm going to jump to you, and uh, I'd like to know what you're having. I'm having the uh, Rebel Reserve on the Death Star tonight. I think uh-huh. when I say that, I'm supposed to touch the tip of my nose. I'm not sure I'm supposed to do that or not, but I'm on. I'm having it no, with the Death no, Star. No, no, no. You pull your he- you put your legs behind your head uh, like a single mother or something like that. <laughs> don't know oh yeah i don't remember i thought you do that i don't know it was, it was bobby hacker's yeah. next star wars is uh yeah but yeah uh, that's somebody, awesome. somebody has to pin them down though right like you have to pin them down i don't know like don't their know. ankles behind their ears isn't that i don't know anything anymore doctor help me out here um what are you <laughs> well i i'm having a strong prescription of um hellcat irish whiskey uh that i recently tried and um I knew you guys drink on this, so I was like, I had a perfect excuse to buy a new bottle of whiskey. So uh, it's really nice. Um, I had it on the rocks, but now it's not on the rocks, so uh, I'm just not going to put any more ice in it. <laughs> I'll just keep putting more booze instead. Well, I'd have to say you did come very well prepared, and we appreciate that. Can, can I make you my primary care doctor now? <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will definitely recommend lots of sake. Um, actually, I f- that was the one I was really hoping I could find some um, before I got in because I was like, oh well, I'm going to talk about Zanoichi, so I kind of should have had sake. But I think whiskey's a good hel- a whiskey called Hellcat whiskey is a pretty good substitute. Now, in this time of day, uh, sake just won't cut it. You know, uh, that's the that's my favorite Saturday morning samurai talk uh, elixir. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, tonight, guys, my man Zadoichi is back. He's back on Cinema Pachito. I think ultimately, um, like way back when this was a little seed in my head, it was all around how can I get people together to talk with me about Zadoichi because I don't have any Zadoichi friends and I love Zadoichi so much. So, um, yeah, this is uh, the 1964 fight, Zadoichi fight. director is Kenji Misumi, who is awesome. He directed number one, The Tale of Zadoichi. And Lee, you will love this. He directed all of the Lone Wolf and Cubs. You can already see the crossover connections, right? The boobies. <laughs> the boobies. Uh, he, um, well, and the baby. You know. I mean, I wasn't paying attention to the baby. I just, you know, <laughs> I saw like a little bit of booby. I was like, yeah, even Ichi's getting a little, just a little bit graphic, you know. Mm-hmm. Cover your eyes, kids. This is beautiful. But kids should not be offended by that. I mean, come on. Mother's milk. It's natural. It's beautiful. Um, Kenji also did one, at least one of the um, Hanzo the Razors. So he's uh, well acquainted with getting off into the bazaar. Um, the cinematographer, uh, 
Chikashi Makiura. Um, the only reason I decided to pull him into this is uh, when I went to the sea, I'm like, all right, yeah, I know his name because he did Tale of Zadoichi as well. I looked and he did all of the same movies. So uh, Kenji and uh, Chikashi are obviously like BFFs and that's just the way that goes. Uh, this is the eighth episode and uh, I'm going to start out with uh, you, Lee. Why don't you tell me what you thought? You know, I, uh, I th- it was a good movie. The pacing was a little bit different for the murder, you know, the murder prospects of it. Um, it was, it, I mean, the baby kind of took a little bit from the movie in general. Like, but the, the movie was, it was an Ichi movie. You're, you're going to get a lot of violence. You're going to get a lot of uh, thoughtful uh, dialogue at times. Uh, you're you're going to see Ichi like he's going to he's going to let the the weaker among him like pretend to get the best of him. And then, you know, he's going to do that Colombo thing you always mention. And he's uh, it, it was another great movie. I, I think the, there were a lot of really satisfying uh, kills in this one. It, the murder was just delicious. He was they really dialed it up. Uh, I, I had a question for you guys. I, I wanted to ask you guys. How drunk do you think he was to do that fire scene with no stunt double? Oh, probably pretty drunk. You know what? I'm at the very least, I'm sure he had like, no, nah, he probably had a couple of, a couple of whiskeys in him um, before he did that. Uh, or the other way around. He's like, I want my wits about me because I don't want to motherfucking burn. <laughs> well, he was a he was a he was a bad boy, the real Shintaro Katsu. He he was oh, yeah. a, he was a playboy, and he was he was out there. He he, he would uh, he would make some of the the guys in in Hollywood blush. So I'm sure he was <laughs> coked up like a mother. He's <laughs> out there just like fire won't hurt me. I'm Sadoichi. <laughs> yeah, and just slashing away at him. All right. Well, um, let's move on to you, uh, Doctor G. What did What did you think? What is uh, Was this your first watch, or yeah? Give me Give me the rundown. I, this was my first watch of this one, uh, for sure. And I have the set, and I had not made it to this one um, yet. And I kind of watch them. I like to watch them out of order. I, I I think that's like I don't. I like the idea of like he just like every day. He you know it's episodic. He's just—it's a new place, a new time, and basically the same plot. Um, you know, knowing the pedigree of the uh, the director, especially since he did the whole Lone Wolf and Cub, this is clearly like, you know, Lone Lone Ichi and Baby <laughs> and Cub the movie. So, um, I liked that aspect, uh, but it was a little just by the numbers. Um, there, there wasn't an. There was a few times where I was like, "Oh, this really, you know, it does one of the good things." Like, I think Zadoichi's good when he has like high action and and but like really pulls at the heartstrings, and it's like he kind of did, but it was sort of like, "Yeah, you threw a baby in." That was like an easy get, you know, for on the heartstring meter. So it's it's a good movie, but it was like I don't think I would put it necessarily as my favorite of him. But it's solid. It's solid. It's like hits all the ticks all the boxes for a good like a like a solid Zadoichi movie. Let me. Uh, I, I have a quick question. Would you? So then, would you say this would not be one that you would recommend to somebody who's new to Zadoichi? Oh no no no! I would probably actually do. Um, I would probably get them to watch the one I watched, which is the first one, which was Zadoichi on the Road, um, which is the first one I saw, and I thought that was perfectly. Great one. It's not my favorite, actually. There's the later ones are favorite. Um, 
you know, I this is a this might be a little controversial, but like I'd almost want to start them with his last one he did when he was all much older, because that's like you know it's got that later film quality, so it's it's got a jump in the film quality, and you can really see it um, in the the imagery. But it's like it's a lot like uh, uh, Logan. I, I was gonna say this later, but. One of the things I love about Zadoichi is like he's pretty much also Wolverine, like in in the sense of like they have that same character mentality of you know they don't think they're worthy of happiness. They're they have a good heart though, and like are you know like treat like people right who are who are deserve it. But then like you know we'll just chop you down in a second if you you know cross them or worse hurt someone innocent you know and i was like well that's like exactly the things i love the most about wolverine too so so logan will be you'll love it <laughs> it's like a good zadoichi movie in many ways very nice yeah. all right well this was my first i ever saw i was maybe about uh, i don't know 14 years old or something like that and i turned on a little bit like maybe 20 minutes before the scene where um ichi has to attach the baby up to his nipple and I, I was like, what the fuck is this show? This blind dude and the baby on the nipple. It made me like cringe. I'm like, what the hell? And it, it, I, obviously I fell in love with the whole concept. So um, I do, I would say for, for that, it's not a bad place to start because then I, I ended up watching, you know, it was one of those Sunday afternoon uh, kung fu theaters where obviously it wasn't a kung fu movie. They were doing uh, this kind of beautiful epic uh i don't know how many of them they did i watched you know a good 10 and i was 14 yeah so i was out doing other stuff but that said um i love this one um i think it's very reminiscent of like a, a, a road trip movie you know he's on the road with the baby and and the diapers and somebody's always coming at him and i it has a lot of those elements that we see today in in like a typical road trip movie and stupid shit like stealing the clothes off the the scarecrow and <laughs> stuff like that i like it plus it has a lot of things that a lot of the other zadoichis have that have grown on me over time um one of which is the song they have somebody probably and i I should know this but probably a famous singer of the time singing her lullaby there that you know he caught on to it has an excellent body count the one thing i'll say is pacing wise uh lee you kind of have that right like there were a lot of kills but not a lot of them, other than well, when we get to our favorite scenes, we can talk about some favorite kills. But not a lot of them were as satisfying as they would be in maybe some other episodes. Yeah, it's like it's one of these things where I'm accustomed to seeing him like it's the whole village, everybody who's fit to carry the sword, and he is just gonna he's gonna be a hurricane of death and just go right. He's just gonna blow right through them. And instead, it was like it was kind of meted out. They were quick. They were quick scenes. And uh, until we get to the end, which I, I thought the ending was quite quite uh, refreshing. I, I'm so glad it like you know today they have CGI because it'd be too tough. Like who wants to who wants to hire the stuntman and do all this stuff when we could just do it on computers and I don't have to be there for it, right? You know, it's just it, it's just so nice to see real fire, real sticks, a real set, you know, real people, you know, Ichi getting drunk and 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 getting and getting set on fire. It was beautiful. Well, Lee, um, let's let's jump over here to uh, your favorite episodes. Why don't you uh, tell me, uh, give me your first one. I'm going to ask for okay. two from each of you uh, okay. and I'd offer two up myself, and uh, we'll see how many crossovers we have. Well, it's the one uh, where they get involved with the samurai towards the end. Uh, 
when he's like he licks up at his his fucking forehead he's like is it raining and he licks it it's all wrong and then he looks up and the baby's pissing on him <laughs> i wrote i wrote when it rain when it rains it whores you yeah. know and then uh i uh, i was like yeah that's awesome and then they they like uh they get him down downstairs and he's all like he's trying to be nice about it he can kill those guys any, any day and he's like listen bro forgive my fake wife who's actually a horrible thief and a whore he's like i just you know i just want to I just want to be let's let's be peaceful about this because they're gonna beat on her even though she probably has has it coming, and uh, and then they they punk him and then he's like nah bra after they throw him he's slightly concussed he gets up and he grabs him by the short swords and he just deals him out <laughs> I was just like yeah that good job awesome. Michi. you're my hero that was awesome all right uh, Doctor G um, give me your f- first favorite scene. My favorite scene, I think this is probably my top one, is uh, it's a classic gambling hall scene where he does his Ichi magic and, you know, like they, they try to swindle him because he's blind and he and he puts it on. But um, he's got, that's my favorite scene because it's my favorite cut he does in the movie uh, where he cuts through the, the loaded dice and then cuts the the um the the basket with the real dice and they fall into the the basket of i guess the croupier and he 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 has to play it and it and it still wins so it's like so he didn't make it so he actually won he just gave, made it so he got himself a fair chance and luck still favored him and i just love it because he's like you know that's his con that's the con he always runs and and the way he kind of walks out is uh is i just i i love how he always kind of like walks out and then you know they're always stupid they're always like well we'll come and kill him later and you're like oh well you'll die at the end of his sword <laughs> fairly quickly i gotta quit watching these with you buddy because i got a fever for craps every time i was i get done watching this i'm just like oh man yeah Each- i know just man, he's. He, I like it when he said, and I think it was in ten. He was like, "I'd rather play dice than eat." You know, he's like, "Oh my god, dude, Ichi, you're my hero, bro." Yeah, you know, has he ever talked about why he loves dice so much? Like, because I'm, I'm sure there's like, I mean, aside from the fact that he's got a fucking sweet system that always makes him bank. Like, I've yet to see him lose at that. I think it's just that time in Japan. There was, like, nothing yeah. to freaking do but drink sake and gamble. I mean, every it isn't just Zatoichi. It's all of them. They're, like, all. That's the number one vice. Well, there's there's horse and there's there's gambling and there's sake. But that's pretty much it. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Work? For anyone who's never been to play craps, listen. Go into the casino with about three or $500 of money you don't care about and play craps. And uh, tell the dealer you're new and tip them before you play. And they will educate you on how to play. And when you learn how to play craps, how could you not be addicted to dice? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, my first favorite, it, and the setup is um, a couple guys run up and they've got the other cart and they're going to go ahead and give Ichi a ride. And he's like, eh, nah, but yeah, he says, fine, he'll do it. Some woman falls over for no good reason. So he goes ahead and gives it up to her. Well, these guys, they saw, they thought Satoichi was getting in and they run ahead because they're going to go ahead and ambush him. So <laughs> these guys pull up with this woman and a baby and out of nowhere, these samurai just run up and they just instantly stand in there without checking or nothing. They're like, oh my God, I think we got him. They start hearing a baby cry. 
they flip up the flap on the side and they just had all royally stabbed this mom like eight times. She's dead holding the baby. I was like, who thought this up? Like, what the fuck? That, it was classic. Classic comedy, but also like, we're setting the stage like we always do in these, that they are the worst guys and they deserve to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the harassing all the blind guys at the beginning was, you know, not great <laughs> either. So. Yeah, it's one thing after another. And they keep talking about honor and how they're going to do it for this and that. But they, you eventually find that they're not really. They're just trying to make a name for themselves. And yeah, it was pathetic. What a pathetic group of bad guys. Worse, they already took the money. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they already took the money. So they're, it's not just their reputation on the line. It's like, you know, you don't, you don't finish your hit when you took the money. Then uh, someone spends money to put a hit on you. So, so they, had a, they had a lot going on there. And, you know, that's, you, it's interesting you mentioned that because it's like that leader of, the, of the, the clan that's after him, he, like, uses that ploy on, like, a bunch of at least two other bosses where he's, like, he gets them on their vanity. Like every time to come help him, like fight his fight, as pretty much as his own men like die off every time they come up against Ichi, you know. Yeah. So that was I. Uh, it's it's part of that I think honor structure that they kind of really, you know, I feel in some ways over exaggerated in these movies, but like, but yeah, no, it's that was a definitely um, a, a thing I saw there. Um, Lee, I had this, I, this popped up in my notes, but it made me think of what you were talking about. And I think it was maybe when you were going through um, just kind of your feeling about this movie. Um, the, ori- the, the, movie uh, the original title of this movie translates um, approximately to like um, Travels of Laughter and Blood. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah, I thought that was kind of what you were saying. It was, it, it was very bloody and it was just kind of, I don't know. There's that. I was, was going to say. That's a better title. Yeah, that is a better like title. title more. <laughs> I was going to say the um, you know one of the things that I had forgotten to mention was you know in the opening credits there's I like this I don't know I can, I have no way of actually verifying this but it seems like in every Ichi movie the they kind of foreshadow the movie in the intro and he like narrowly escapes the shit as he's walking on the road and then he narrowly escapes the shit that you just mentioned and i was like oh shit that's what that meant yeah very nice very nice all right well let's get let's get your second uh favorite scene okay yeah so my uh second favorite scene would have to be uh well first of all i like that they call those guys sighted rogues i was like oh that's funny i'm gonna start dropping that from now on i'm gonna be like that damn sighted rogue and then uh, I, I, it's a subtle one. It, it's where like the the uh, she steals the guy's wallet, the samurai's wallet, and then uh, she comes running over to Ma- to Master Ichi because she's already seen him cut. She's already seen him deal people out, and she knows he's a he's a fucking badass. So uh, the guy comes at him, and Ichi's all like in your Columbo, the ghost Columbo fashion. He's all like, oh yeah. He's like, well then just cut us all down, you know. And the guy's like, sure, go ahead. He's like, yeah, I'll do it right away. He's like all like jumpy, like no matter what, it, 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 it's uh, it's an increment. At first it's don't kill my wife, and then he's like, I, I should kill her anyway. 
And then he's like, well, then just kill us all. And he's like, sure. And then uh, so he goes, okay, before you kill me, can I have a piece of paper? And the guy's like, all right, I don't know why. So he opens up his arm with a piece of paper, and then, boom, Ichi just, like, cuts it into three pieces, like, within the blink of an eye. Like, I will fucking murder you, like, in a very subtle way. And the guy's like, you know what? You, you, uh, she just needs to learn to behave. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. You know, just a second ago, I was saying that, um, you're shit and that I'm gonna murder you. Well, forget that part. Yeah, there's only two things holding you back, bro. Fear and air. And I sure as fuck know air ain't holding you back. Because Ichi just fucking showed you what was up and he just saved your life. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, would you go ahead and just pick those up and write our names on them and take them to the temple? <laughs> He's like, wait, 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 wait. We're good here. Uh, all right. Dr. G, what do you have? Um, Actually, mine is, uh, you know, I forget the order in which it occurred, but it, it's one of the night attacks where he gets attacked by a group of guys. I think it's after, right after the, he leaves the gambling hall. Mm-hmm. And um, he... Um, He's trying to keep the baby quiet, and it's it's so it's one of his really fast, like super silent, like all you hear is like rustling clothes and that <laughs> of his sword, and and one of the guys starts to cry out at the end, and he shushes him, <laughs> and I'm just like I love that that like he was like Shh, and the guy like just stops and just like falls over dead, and I, it's like that was pretty badass. That's like kind of one of my favorite like moments in there. Um, yeah, it was a lot, but like, I, every time I think about that, I was like, ah, oh, that was pimp. I love that. You die silently, or I'll slit yeah. your throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You shut your mouth when I kill you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, well, my second uh, would easily be, ah, yeah, there was the big battle. So you said it earlier. He convinces the other boss, based on his vanity, to get all of his guys, too, to go. So now he's got another army at his disposal to go against Satoichi. And they get him in that barn, and he just slashes down. It was one of the biggest fight scenes. But what I loved about it is he kills just about everybody in there, and the two guys were standing at the door looking in, and he said, and then there were four. (laughs) <laughs> like just four <laughs> left and they just looked at each other and said we're, we're getting the fuck out of here that was just epic epic Zatoichi like those are the those, that's the good stuff for sure oh yeah oh yeah alright well that's cool um, so yeah I, I love to get those kind of ahead of time um, in terms of uh, Lee asked you something I was going to ask as well in terms of uh, how do you feel like this one ranks uh, it's your first watch of it um I get that, yeah, it probably wouldn't be the best place for someone to start, especially knowing that there are other ones that um, it'll introduce you in a lot, uh, lead you in easier to we're going to be battling and we're going to be gambling and we're going to be playing that Columbo game of, what are you, me? Uh, stupid old me? I didn't, I, I'm not, I'm not, no harm to anyone until I kill you. Any, anything else you'd like to throw out? You know, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie in the sense of like, like we were saying earlier, it's, it's got everything, you know, he's got, like, you know, a hooker with a heart of gold moment. He's got, you know, like, the the sort of, like, girl on the wrong path he sets right. So, you know, someone on the wrong path he sets right, you know, with his nobility. Um, you know, he's got, you know, he's got badasses who are kind of, like, you know, sort of, like, you never feel bad that they die chasing him around who, he, you know, he gets to, like, cut down, like, wheat <laughs> yeah. Um, every every chance he gets, and 
but you also get that sort of deep sort of like um you know that moment of like the the dad moment with him with the baby the only thing was i just it was it was one of those ones where you kind of like when you when it when i went into it and i was like listening to the premise i'm like oh so all of the things that happened were exactly like i was expecting so there wasn't a lot of surprise for me in that and and for you know liking the sort of formulaic structure of it that seems odd to to want a little surprise but but it just was sort of a i think a little too rote that was about my my worst complaint for it i would say it was like oh and pacing i, I definitely felt there was a there's a couple of times when it was just sort of like you know he needed it. um i loved the firefight though at the end you know i like when they get these sort of like imaginative ways to take on take him on at the um the end and and it, you always feel like you know he's gonna make it through but you know you get that moment you're like oh is it this time is it this time because you know it, it was a good plan you know they just they just didn't all hit him with the fire at once and set him all on fire you know you know that's usually the problem with any of these things right and they make so many jokes <laughs> about it in other action movies all right everybody you know everybody individually attack him <laughs> you know one yeah. at a time because we don't want to get in each other's way yeah you know you throw enough yeah. swords at somebody, and they're not going to be able to block them all. I don't know. Oh no, no doubt. Well, I would say I, I would say our boy Ichi can, has has handily shown that's not true. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah. Leah, I have a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot, and Doctor G, you need to you get to think about it. But um, what was your uh, what the fuck moment in this movie? Hmm. My what the fuck moment. Yeah, just something where you were like, wait, what? It could have been the stepping over the shit. I don't know, but yeah. No, no, no. I thought that was because it kind of, for it was pretty smart because then it foretells, you know. Uh, I think kind of my what the fuck moment is when he's like, I'm going to raise him. I'm like, eat oh, you, dude. totally. You are like a drunk yeah. and a gambler and you're blind and you're a massage therapist who <laughs> can barely feed himself. <laughs> And there's no such thing as Medicaid and SNAP, dude. Let me tell you something about life, bro. It's you can't you can't just raise a child. You have to you have to be invested. You have to get. <laughs> I mean, you're turning away the whore who obviously will fuck you right and will help you raise the kid, but you want to take the kid on. I was just like, nah. I mean, obviously they did that because they wanted to show Ichi has a heart of gold, but nah, nah, yeah, bro. You got it. I forgot about that one. I have I have one um, as well. Um, but that one, I think, is more what the fuck. When it happened, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, you don't just leave the kid? Or uh, I kind of remembered what happened, so I'm like, okay, that's what's going to happen. But what? You're going to raise him yourself and teach him to be a noble man or whatever else? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Well, well I was going to point out the one um, in the end, after after it all, uh, the boss is, I can't think of his name, but he was like, yes, I apologize. I'm going to raise my kid. I'm so sorry. I'm such a dick. He's going to get taken care of. He'll eat five meals a day. And Ichi's like, all right, cool. And he turns around. Of course, the guy gets a sword and tries to attack. He just watched him kill, like, everybody. And he somehow thought he was still going to have the upper hand. I was just like, come on. Really? Anyway, slashes him down in one slash, and that was kind of it. It's like, oh, well, that was for nothing. All right, Dr. G, do you have one? Yeah, um... Yeah, I I kind of actually uh, I, I in some ways I agree with both of you. I I just there's a point in the Ichi movies where like 
that last guy will take a run at him. And I'm just like, dude, seriously, your life, like, even if you have to run from your, like, own people, first off, they're all dead, so there's not a lot of them to keep chasing you. And second, because he... Ichi just killed them. <laughs> and the second is, like, did you just not more watch him, like, go sick-ass murder all over, like, your friends? He you was know? on and fire, like, he, two minutes ago killing everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and he didn't, you know, he spent more time, like, slashing than he did putting himself out. Right. You know, yeah. He rolled for a out. minute. He rolled for a second. And he was like, now nah, screw it. I'm just going to keep killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's hilarious. Yeah, I just I, that, but also the same thing too with like when he's like, "I will raise you." I'm like, "You can't keep that sword in that its scabbard, like for a second, you know, like you, you know, as much as he sort of like, they'll play the times when he sort of kind of regrets that he's a killer, you know, he loves the he, he has to love the power, especially as someone who's blind, who's like. You know, in Japanese culture at that time, like uh, an infirmant like that, like being blind, was considered like a like a karmic stain. Like yeah, you had done were, something you bad. Were, you were on pretty much like less than human. Yeah. So he's, you know, he is like kind of the lowest, if you know, in a caste system. Of you know, I mean, his only thing is to be a masseuse. You know, that's that's like a traditional job, and and yet, you know, he clearly, you know commands power and respect amongst the underworld because you know this movie opens with him already with like you know a death sentence on his head a bounty on his head and dudes on his trail you know like there's no like you know and it's not necessarily the continuation of the previous movie it's just like that's just his life you know like he's always he's crossed enough people that by the eighth movie that it's just like yeah no he's he's always gonna have someone kind of gunning for him yeah. You know, even even just other samurai who just need to, you know, old west style needs to just prove they're the fastest, you know, yeah, and they're the yeah, strongest for sure. And you know, you know I, and, I was thinking just from what you were saying from a from a alternate universe thing, this universe where Zadoichi exists, he, you know, everyone in Japan seems to know who he is. Like every village, oh Zadoichi, they whisper and they're like they know. He must have been like like helped out in terms of blind people's rights like nothing else could have ever helped right like after that anybody blind coming in town they're like well wait maybe we should respect this dude a little bit more because you know even if it isn't Zadoichi he could become one and you know we don't want to start that up again yeah yeah you know I found the like I loved the idea of like the blind man pilgrimage at the beginning and the end of the movie that that he kind of interacts with because there's an interesting theme right there that like you know, he's not even really welcome amongst, like, well, he's a hero to them, the blind people. He's not, like, really even welcome in some ways amongst them because they're not safe with him either. So so it's sort of, that's, once again, back to the idea, because they, they lean into the idea that, you know, you're a drifter. You know, you're a drifter. You don't stay anywhere, you know, usually because you've caused trouble and you should probably get out of town. Right. You know, you, 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 pulled, your, you pulled your blind man rip off the Yakuza trick at the at the gambling hall again to make money you know and um it's it's yeah no it's it's like it's like you're not gonna be a dad dude (laughs) you know it's like yeah that's your life yeah it made me think of that peter bruegel painting of the blind leading the blind and you know in the painting um you know it's the blind leading the blind of course it's the classic tale they're all following in this ditch and you know that one guy's like falling on his own you know guitar or something like that (laughs) <laughs> in this case, of course, it's Sadoichi in the front. 
I think that's a is a beautiful point, Doctor. I uh, I was going to say, uh, aside from the the cast thing that he mentioned, another thing is is even though it's kind of like episodic, as you pointed out, uh, another thing is is that it, it it it's kind of it's way it's a way for us to live vicariously through Ichi, right? Because as you get older, you slow down, right? Like. One of my mentors when I was young would always say, what did the young bulls say to the old bull when they were running down to go fuck the steers? And I, or the the, cat, the female cows? And I was like, I don't remember what he said. And I, and I was like, why? He said, slow the fuck down. So, you know, like, you slow down, you want to start to, you know, get settled and to make a, to make a living and, you know, and to, and to have a life that's more, tra- like, you know, settled and traditional. Whereas Ichi is just like whores and gambling and sake. And he's always on the road, you know, and it, it kind of, it, it, in a way, it, even though it's kind of sad in a sense, it, it, it allows us to all feel like we're not really stuck in one spot. We're not, he's never in a rut. Ichi's never in a rut, even if there's a formula on how to Ichi, make an Ichi movie. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, are you ready for, uh, I have a really special top six for us today. Oh, Okay. It's it's his own six. Go ahead, buddy. Straight you, six. It is. Are you ready for it? All right. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Here we go. We got the top six answers on the board. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. So, Lee, uh, did you want to start, or would you like? No, I never start. The guests always start. I drink. That's true. I shouldn't even ask you anymore. But nope, I, I nope. do. I I just want to leave it open. Yet at any point, if you feel like I'm being unfair. <laughs> you could always say, okay, go ahead and give me the first question. No, I'm good. Okay, so um, what kind of uh, weapon does Zadoichi have, Dr. G? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean... I've used that joke like eight, eight times and it never gets old. It never gets old. The cane sword. <laughs> <laughs> okay, actually... The Salamanca broadsword was the correct answer. <laughs> oh, right. broadside. What does this look like to you? A sword? That was my favorite line. Yes, doctor. He's like, it's like, it's oh, like 20 uh, okay. seconds. He's just staring at it for 20 seconds. He's like, a sword. And okay, yeah, like, no. Like, yeah. I'm a huge Highlander fan. Oh, God, I, let me put it this way. I wrote like a, a fan. Like, uh, if, are either of you guys role players? Gamers at all? Oh, okay, yeah, well, I wrote a role-playing supplement for a Highlander, like, in my 20s, like, early 20s, because I was, like, in love with the movies in the series. So, yeah, no, that... Would you like to quote Highlander for a bit? <laughs> if you guys, guys want to have sex and, and come back to me in, like, I don't know, 20 minutes, that'd be cool. Because <laughs> he loves Highlander. That's his jam. Oh, no, you know I love it. Um, okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, okay, so you guys are going to love this top six. Uh, it is um, It is on diapers. So uh, we're going to start with you. <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Dr. G. Uh, uh, where does the word diaper come from, anyway? Oh, shit. If you want me to... Um, yeah, no, I don't have any. I can't multiple choice that one quickly. But, yeah. Where does diaper <laughs> come from? Um, I... I would Latin? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Okay. I... Um, I, I I would say usually, uh, I'm going to guess a romance language. Well, it doesn't end in a vowel, right? So usually romance languages end in a vowel, don't they? It was true, originally true. used in 19th century England to refer to quilted cloth with repeated geometric shapes. And that's where the diaper, like, 
comes from. Oh, Daya. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Daya. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fucking England. So original diapers were just like what we call diapers now, made out of diapered cloth. And then it was just simpler to call them diapers. So it was more like oh, they were just underwear out of diapered cloth. And you would, you know. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. This one, you're going to love this one, uh, Lee. Uh, <laughs> he's already, look, he's already got the evil laugh going. I know. I'm <laughs> um, how many diapers does the average baby go through before uh, he or she is fully potty trained? 2,500. <laughs> 4,700. Oh, no, damn it. <laughs> I'd like to say you were close, close, but you weren't. No, I was off by 2,000 diapers. That's fucking intense, man. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, after like 1,000, I'd be like, bro, you need to learn how to do this yourself. Yeah, come on. Here's the... Yeah. No, 20, you, you said, you said 2,500, 2, right? Yeah, that's 2,000 off. Well, it's two, it, it was 47. No, 2,500 is 2,500. He said 2,700. No, 200 off. 4,700. Yeah. Oh, 4,700. Oh, 4,700? Oh, yeah. Oh, fucked. I thought you said 2,700. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's off. You were fucked, dude. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, it's... it's yeah. That, you know what? That was a real Canadian kind of question. He's cited. Oh. Fuck. You know, I had a lot of maple syrup this morning. <laughs> tends to put me in a... You in a damn canuck, dirty Canuck. In a Canuck mood, exactly. <laughs> um, but didn't you love the way E.T. just kept taking those cloth diapers and just dropping them yeah. as he walked? I'm like, yeah. yeah, they're washing them sometimes, but I guess maybe if it was just so stinky, he's like, eh, just leave it on the road. I, I thought he would take the clothes of the dead and use those for diapers, too. I was like, well, why doesn't he just take their clothes, too, and just cut them up? Okay, I always think the same thing. Like, he could walk around, get a nice collection of katanas, um, get money out of people's shirts yeah. and stuff. He kills so many people. He could be, he'd be very, very well Check off. their pockets, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yes. Are you, are you guys sure you don't roleplay? Because that's literally, like, the murder hobo plan of kill another dude and steal his shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a magical thing. It's 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 basically my Skyrim plan. It's like, are you dead? Cool, I'm taking all of your stuff, including your clothes. Oh God, I love that that aspect of Skyrim. That and I believe the same thing happens on um, what other game was I playing? That it's the same idea. Uh, oh God, Fallout. Yeah, you go and and when you go take their stuff, you end up with this corpse that's naked on the ground in just its underwear. You're like, well, that was a little rude of me. I guess maybe I could put back the pants. Um, I don't know. I'm out of here. It's a dead corpse, and I want to sell his stuff because I want to buy better stuff. Exactly, exactly. All right, next one's for you, uh, Dr. G. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, the, they tried to come up with a more absorbent material than cloth that could be um, cheaply thrown away to make disposable diapers. Um, what do you think... Uh, well, wait, what was the first truly disposable absorbent material used in diapers was it this is a multiple choice okay. I, I, I stole this off the internet obviously um you have a choice of wood pulp sponge hydrocarbon polymers or tissue paper i would say um hydrocarbon polymers okay well that's wrong uh, i i had guessed i would have said sponge uh, see, I thought sponges would be too hard to get, so oh. I chose wood pulp. So all three of us actually got the question wrong. Um, the answer was tissue, tissue paper. paper? Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to go with that because actually, and if anything, that makes sense if, from, like, if that seems like, I wonder why yeah. they didn't do that in Japan. They love yeah. paper craft. Right. But um, Little origami. Uh, but they also love silk craft and, and yeah. cloth. 
Well, and <laughs> but, um, also yeah. production costs are so small, like economy of scale. You can make tissue paper so cheap, you could just blow your nose once and throw it away. I mean, so obviously yeah. the economic factor would be there, whereas like carbon polymer would be like, well, how much is that going to cost? You know, she better well, I mean, start sucking some dicks or get out of that kitchen if she's going to well, buy I mean, those diapers. That's basically what nylon is. It's it's a carbon polymer. Yeah, but can you? A- okay. Touche, but can you can you can you manufacture that to be like you know four times a day, three times a day, and make it cheap? Well, they have to. Like so much stuff is made of nylon. Yeah. <laughs> like think about think about all the things made of nylon that are made in like the metric tonnage every day, like across mm-hmm. the world. Like we've we we've we we figured economy of scale on on like hydrocarbon production like pretty quick <laughs> you know but do but do we like throw away our t-shirts and our underwear and all that stuff like no well, we keep it we keep it well, right well i mean until like they i cut them up for rags but yeah, yeah. No, i'll throw away clothes if they've gotten too bad or i was gonna point uh, well, out that first off dr t you did really a great job of backing up your answer with um some logic around how the real world real world works that well, said I, you were still wrong you were still wrong, oh. completely wrong. I don't wanted to point that out. So props to you for being extra wrong, even though you're so hey, fucking yeah, you're smart. You're like the smartest person to be tied with me at this point. I just want to point out. Like, well, like I you're do, so I, smart, you're wrong. That's horrible. I, I do science teacher during the day, so mm-hmm. uh, as my as my as I'm when I'm not fake doctoring on the internet. Well, keep in mind, I chose wood pulp because it sounded kind of romantic. But then you think about trying to clean wood pulp out of a baby's oh. ass crack. I just <laughs> thought about the poor baby's like. Like yeah. how rough that must be. Yeah, I know. It was, <laughs> stupid. It was really stupid. That doesn't seem like a, a smooth as a baby's butt sort of situation. That'd be an itchy diaper right there, wood pulp. Yeah, that's totally. a kid. I drink all our winnings. I have such a hard time finding a sponge in Minecraft, much less in real life, to get enough to wipe a baby, throw away one every time like a baby <laughs> pees, you know? I thought, I thought, oh yeah, they just put a little sponge in a little gentle area there and then just call it a day, right? And then how cool would it be you just pop the sponge part off and then you throw another little piece on there and call we it We should a day. go back in time and beat these people to a pulp for coming up with tissue paper. We could have, one of us could have been right. <laughs> yeah, but I love tissue paper when I have a runny nose. So okay, it's, All right. it's, it's fair. It's it's, a, it's, a, it's I'll 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 suffer the the I'll suffer the immortalizing of my failure. I'd just like to point out that I should never be forced to challenge a science teacher in this stuff. This is bullshit, man. All right. I was like, what the fuck? You're welcome. I I I'm as dumb as everybody else on tons of other things. That's, that's not true. That's not true at all. Okay, well, what's my question there, Gus? You're going to love this. this. You're going to love this one. Um, when were Pampers introduced to the market? Oh, shit, dude. No, okay, I'm going to give you multiple choice. 52, 61, 72, or 1980? Pampers diapers. Pampers diapers. I'm going to say 62. Yeah, it was 61, which was one of the choices, and that means you got one. <laughs> What? Yeah! Congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. Okay, so this is question number five, which is back to the doc. Um, Okay, so which of the following countries did not have a mature market for disposable diapers by the end of the 20th century? Oh! Was it Poland, the UK, Russia, or Mexico? So which of the following countries did not have a mature market for disposable diapers by the end of the 20th century? Oh, um... Poland, UK, Russia, Mexico. Russia. 
That is That's what I said too. Incorrect. The correct what? answer it was Poland. What? Uh huh. It says the that, you're in the European Union, right? It says there's a direct correlation between the country's economic indicators and its demand for disposable diapers. The wealthier a country is, uh -huh. the more its people are able to spend on luxury items. Blah blah blah. So they were just poor enough, poorer somehow. Oh, in, they couldn't sustain the market. Yeah, yeah. Is what it sounds like. They yeah. couldn't sustain the disposable because it was more economical for them to, to yeah. recycle or reuse. Yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah, why to wipe it off of the old river? Yeah, as as Ichi does that, yeah. which you know, we I think it was interesting because he was ditching the diapers at first, and then later in the movie he was actually washing them. Yeah. Like I noticed, I was like, oh, he's 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 becoming more dad-like. Now he's going to have to kill somebody. <laughs> All right, Lee. Um, this is uh, your last question. Uh, why do men have nipples? <laughs> to explain when they're when the head is really good. Uh, it's a signal. Well, why why do why do boys in general have nipples from birth? So why do babies have them? That's a better question. Because I'm not going to say your answer was wrong, but it's not the answer to the question. So, well, I don't answer about I don't talk about babies and nipples. That's, that's <laughs> you, have to, you have to. Right. Well, not really. You already, uh, you already technically won, so you don't have to. Because we have because we have mammary glands, but they're just uh, because we have breasts, but they're really small compared to a woman. All right. Doc, would you please educate Lee on this? Yeah, we're basically like, um, it's we're female first during our early development, and then, and then the as like the male traits yeah. then express themselves. So like the female traits are the baseline. Like our testicles are basically like descended uh, or uh, uh, descended um, and and altered uh, ovaries. Yeah, because they basically do the same thing, produce like a single cell for reproduction. Um, you say where your ovaries on the outside when we talk to the girls. Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So we it's sort of like the default setting for like early developing humans in, in gestation is uh, is female, and then it differentiates later during the the process. So I have a so book called The Adam's Curse that alleges it's a geneticist, and he alleges that over like two hundred and some odd thousand generations. Like the the science shows that the male genome, the the Y chromosome, is going to disappear. Yeah, I heard like fifteen thousand years at the at the uh, at the high end, um, but it, it's I think it's like it's been losing material like mm -hmm. uh, over time. Like he said, it's a pretty controversial one. I think it's largely it's right now just kind of lacks replication. So you know that's it's kind of the problem with any sort of like big statement right now in science is like there's not a lot of money to like redo the experiment to see if it's actually worked the first time so there's not like a competing research at the moment or at least i don't i don't know genetics isn't my thing i'm i'm more like physics and chemistry so um but yeah so hey lee before i um lee before i uh crown you the winner um i did have the tie-breaking question here I could throw it out to the both of you. It's, it's about a date, and whoever gets closer to the date is the winner. Um, would you be willing to? Yeah, dude, I'd be more than willing to throw my chips on the table. All right, because it's gonna it's gonna be even. Okay, it's not gonna. Uh, be then yeah. I guess I'm got odd. All right, so the question is, um, what year was Wolverine introduced? Oh, he already knows. So go ahead and uh, give it a shot. Uh, Doc have, and uh, yeah, Doc, go ahead. Is oh, it, uh, yeah, I'm you, say you know. 
Oh my god, am I gonna get this wrong? Wrong. I know Don't get it wrong. Oh. You've got this. Oh, I'm sure I, I will. Like I, I always forget the dates. I want to say 76, but I know that's too early. No, it has to be. It's a year or two before Giant Size, which was. Say he's so smart. Look at that. Well, Lee, do you know your answer right now? My answer uh, is a year different from his answer. Oh, that's <laughs> smart. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Um, I still want to say 76. Okay. I don't know why I still want to say that. All right. Um, the actual uh, answer is 74, which means Lee got a double win. <laughs> Doctor, I feel really bad. Doctor, if I could send you money to your Patreon, I will, because I <laughs> apologize. I don't normally win these. I'm sorry. Hey, Lee, you want to give him some props. You got to go uh, listen to his podcast. So. Of course. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll subscribe after we get off of here and... You know, all that stuff. Yeah, so let's jump in there now. Dr. G, uh, where can people find the uh, Pulp to Pixel podcast network? All right, so we have a website, uh, pulp to pixel at .blogspot.com. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, the Pulp to Pixel podcasts. Uh, We have a page there. Um, I can be reached on Twitter, um, at pulp to pixel, where I... I am under the name Dr. G Nerdologist. Um, we also, you can email us at, uh, at uh, pulptopixel at gmail.com. I leaned heavy into the uh, branding on this, on yeah. this website. Hey, it's the only way to rock. Dude, you are very smart. Good for you. <laughs> All right, Lee, let me know what, you, what you've got going on. Uh, actually, we're about to release the debut episode of uh, the Motlicker Roundtable. Uh, and I want to make clear, even though the first one is about a movie review, they're not all going to be about movie reviews. So uh, it's going to be more about philosophy and life and drinking and, you know, just just being, uh, like, for instance, like, you know, every not everybody has their own roundtable that they subscribe to, right? Most people don't. And we're not all PhDs or <coughs> science teachers. You know, some of us are just, you know, we're just, we're, just, we're just not gifted in that way. So, you know, it's kind of like a roundtable for, you know, the average Joe when you get drunk and... Maybe on a Saturday morning, why not? Tell the wife to piss off and uh, listen to some listen to some funny shit. That's that's going to be the podcast. Very nice. With a little bit of philosophy, you know. Nice. I like it. Uh, I will also uh, throw out there that uh, both Lee and I are going to be um, guesting on the Film Connection from uh, Attack on Movies again. Uh, that's our Stephen Chow, our, our third host that joins us whenever we can get him uh, on the horn from... Um, beautiful England, and uh, yeah, we are doing a Beauty and the Beast uh, Saturday morning. So <laughs> that should be should be a lot of fun. Is, com- is it the the new one or the original? We're comparing <laughs> the new one with the nineteen forty seven uh, French version. Um, oh, would, you, would you like actually, to pronounce that's... that one for us, Lee? It's called La Bay. <laughs> La <Bay>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, what were you going to say about it, uh, Doc? Oh, I, actually, I really like that idea. I like, I'm, I love early cinema. I mean, it's kind of slow sometimes, but it's like, you know, I, I like the, the, uh, the magic, the, the magic of light, what you can do with that early cinema. It's, it's a thing that, you know, you, we talk, you, you know, Lee, you mentioned it about like kind of derisively about like the CGI. And I, I agree. Like, I love like practical photography. I mean, I like that CGI also gets me like super giant robots and like, you know, lasers out of your eyes pretty easy, but 
it's nice to see, you know, like practical light and real light and photography. And, and so, yeah, no, that's, that should be good. Cause you've got a heavy CGI movie verse, like a movie that's just all practical effects. Oh, exactly. And black light too. Yeah. So yeah, no, this should be a good, interesting, and, interesting, like juxtaposition to kind of go against. Yeah. Insane practical effects. I finished that one last night. Um, I won't have any spoilers here cause could this yeah, hit first? I haven't seen it yet. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said it, you know, there's a lot of um, tricks they had to do back then in order to create special effects, you know, and mm. y- it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, uh, it was really fun having you on, Doc, uh, and uh, we'll have to do this again. Thanks a lot, Lee. Thanks, buddy.